0: And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest.
1: Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking show. I am your host, Brett Ridgeway. And my guest today, I mean, normally on the show, we talk about a speaker's journey, their keys to success, as well as mistakes they've made. And we're going, to take, we're going to talk about that a little bit today, but we're going to take a slightly different tack because my guest today is Sheila Farah Gemma. And Sheila moved to the States in 1989 for a job in Boston. She figured she would stay a few years before returning home to Ireland, but 30 years later, with a husband in hand, two children, and a handful of successful businesses under her belt, she may be here to stay. Sheila has an entrepreneurial spirit, which led her to the world of marketing consulting. Through her company, Connected Sponsor, she helps event promoters monetize their events by building long standing relationships and partnerships with sponsoring companies. Some events she's helped with are the Traffic and Conversion Summit, ProfitCon, and Underground. So, Sheila, Farah, and Gemma, welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show.
2: Thank you, Brad. I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you so much.
1: Well, it's a pleasure to have you here because you and I go back quite a few years. We've crossed paths many times at events yeah. in the internet and information marketing worlds. And, you know, we talked a little bit before the show about your speaking journey, and you don't do a lot of speaking, but if you would, let's let's dive into that briefly before we get to some of the things that we want to cover in terms of getting sponsorships for events because if you're a speaker, you may want well want to put on your own events at some point in time. And finding sponsors to help you fund those events is a great way to make them more profitable for you and, and make it safer for you to, to proceed with being an event promoter. But let's talk about your speaking journey first, Sheila. So you, what led you to even want to get either on the podcast or on stage or whatever to talk about you and your business and all that?
2: Yeah, so speaking is probably the most Awful thing I ever have to do ever. Um, I'm always like <laughs> super super nervous about it, which I think is true with everyone. But the the first time I spoke, um, I actually like jumping in the deep end. I I spoke as I taught a two day course um, with a partner on foreclosures. And I literally had nightmares for about two months prior to that, like just worried about it and what would I say and what will happen? And so, you know, I was just like, it was awful. And when I finished with it, I was like really glad that I did it. And I was like, well, I'm never doing that again. And now, you know, my what I'm doing, my marketing causes me to have to speak again. But I'm a total introvert. I can sit here quietly and listen to you all day and and not say anything. Um, But some of the things that I found have really helped me is to just kind of map out what I what I'm going to say, um, a really silly thing is I hold a pen. I don't know why this is, uh, and I have a little notepad here. So if I think of something while you're speaking, I can write it down. Um, not sure how that helps, but it does help me. Maybe it's just because I'm fidgeting off camera underneath here with the pen. <laughs> <laughs> or you like to, or you like to duck
1: paddle? Uh, yeah, water exactly, water. exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, the more you do it, the more you get used to it. Um, certainly, when you get when you get really comfortable with your subject matter, it helps a lot as well. Um, and then, you know, just do it. I mean, it's, it's like anything else, like people who are afraid of driving, the more they drive, the more they're, the better they're going to be, they'll still be nervous, but it it's not, you know, they can do it. <laughs> you can do anything. You know,
1: what, what you say is so true because I was the back of the room guy for years and I was quite Me happy. Too. With, Me too. <laughs> I, was, I was quite happy with the shtick of being the back of the room guy mm-hmm. and the thought of getting up in front of people and talking was totally opposite of my naturally introverted nature. So yeah. You know, you have to overcome those things and you do get more comfortable with it over time and it becomes less of a fear factor. Now, do you still have some butterflies? Sure you do. I Mark, do. Yeah, um,
2: I, I certainly do. I, it's, um, you know, like I, I even before I got on this one, I was like, I want to go back and listen to a podcast that I've recorded before just to, you know, like to hear my own stuff. I know my own stuff. It's in here. You know, but in case <laughs> I forget. it's crazy. Yeah. But one of the things I do speaking of podcasts is um, I spent like a year just going on podcasts. Some days I would do four or five a day. And part of it was growing my business. But part of it was just like, I got to get over the speaking thing. And I don't think I have, but it's, you know, it's definitely easier.
1: So when you get on these podcasts, Sheila, are we always talking about sponsorship or you have other topics that you speak about too?
2: It's usually about sponsorship. That's kind of my big topic. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. So what are some of the mistakes that you, you've you been to a lot of events, obviously, so you've seen yep. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of speakers. So from a, a third person perspective, what do you feel some of the biggest keys for success as a speaker
2: are? Um, I think it's all about engagement. You've got to engage the crowd and engage them early. However, you're going to do that. Um, you know, you have to build trust with them and um, just, you know, you got, got to kind of break that ice right in the beginning. Um, don't be boring. <laughs> I'm sure everyone <laughs> says that. Just don't read off your PowerPoints and, you know, we can all read in the audience. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, But yeah, you really want to engage them. And then the other thing I would say as well is make sure it's an audience that's going to resonate with you. If you're speaking about something that really has nothing to do with them, um, just to speak, you know, hoping that maybe one or two would be interested, I would just really try and find your target audience and speak to them because they're going to get you and their energy in the room is going to lift your energy as well. Well,
1: that's such an important point. And it's one of the things I often talk about, honestly, in terms of you've got to get in front of the right stages you know, and get in front of the right groups, because number one, if, as you say, your message isn't going to resonate with that group, then basically you're wasting your time being there. Now, yeah, it may be great to practice your speech and all that. And you may want to do that to get more comfortable with it. But if you're selling from the platform to go into an audience that isn't the right fit for your message is by and large a waste of time. It's going to cost you money because you pay to come to the event yourself and you're hoping to make money on the back end. So you got to do your homework in advance of an event to make sure it's the right fit for you. Yeah, and uh, especially. Go ahead. Yeah,
2: no, I was just going to say, especially like it got easier with COVID with virtual, so you know it was kind of easier to hop onto events that really wouldn't be good either. Um, but it's you know, so you're not paying for paying for flights and hotel rooms, but it's still it's not a good, it's a kind of a waste of your time doing that. So. Sure.
1: All right. So as a fellow back of the rumor, Sheila, what are, what are some of the mistakes maybe you've seen some speakers make that just left you head, shaking your head and saying, what the hell were they thinking? <laughs>
2: um. Oh, some of the mistakes, uh, I, I guess not being entertaining. I, that's one of the big ones. It's, it's, you know, if you're, you're up there, you've got a mundane voice. Um, You're, I think you really have to be able to kind of, um, move with the flow, you got to read the room, you got to see who's in front of you. A lot of people have like the scripted um, talk that they're going to do. If it's not resonating, you got to shake it up a bit and just do something maybe outrageous or or say something you you just you got to shift that energy and get them um, get them engaged again. So that's so important. you know, things that standing kind of in the one spot on the stage is awful. Like, move move around the stage, move around the room. I love speakers who like hop off stage. You probably hated it, but <laughs> hop off stage and they're like here, there, and everywhere. And, you
1: know, you know if, I'm um, the, if I'm the camera crew, I hate it. But, other, you know, other than that's that, what I, all I, all
2: yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, um, you, you want to make sure that, um, that, uh, you're really kind of building that energy in the room. Now, one
1: of my biggest pet peeves is the hit and run speaker. The person oh, swoops yeah. in right before they are supposed to talk and is out the door right after they're done. So I'm, yeah. I'm sure you've seen some of that in your time. So what are some of the the advantages or disadvantages of being a hit-and-run speaker?
2: Um, so I don't – I mean, I guess the advantage is time if there is one, but I think they lose a lot in um, – in what they're doing and and it works with sponsors as well like I I keep saying to them it's not just being at your booth you have to be in the room you have to go to meals um go to the networking things it's like there's such an opportunity there to meet with the audience and start to build connections and especially if it's before you speak so now like you have some allies in the audience who know you who like were at the bar with you last night or had lunch with you yesterday or whatever it is whatever the activities are um, and it just and you know if you're a nervous speaker it's going to help as well because now you know like I mean I have Brett out in the audience and he knows me and he's going to listen and, you know so it's um I I just I love the saying makes um make hay when the sun shines it's an mm-hmm. Irish saying. And it's like if you're there, be there, like don't be up in your hotel room watching TV or or just flying in, you know, a couple of minutes before and leaving a couple of minutes afterwards. Um, I, I know some speakers who do that and it works for them and that's great. But it's especially if you're starting out, you really got to work that room because you have no idea who's in that room who could literally turn your career around sure. um, just by who they are.
1: Yeah, relationships are critical in this industry, and most people don't do a great job of nurturing relationships and and leveraging those relationships in the proper way to help them in their career. So I do want to dive more deeply into the whole sponsorship arena. But before we do that, Sheila, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor.
0: Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. Twenty-five-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgeway has released his latest special report: three key things entrepreneurs must master to build a profitable speaking business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie.
1: And we are back with the spotlight on speaking show. And my guest this week is Sheila Faraher, Gemma, and. Now we want to dive into the world of sponsorships. And as I said previously, normally the tactic of the show is specifically about a person's speaking journey, keys, and mistakes. But if you're a speaker, you may well want to put on your own events at some point in time. And one of the best ways to make sure that those events are profitable rather than sucking money out of your pocket right and left is to get people involved in sponsoring your event. So Sheila comes from the sponsorship world and Let's just dive right into this, Sheila. Tell me a little bit more about how you got into the whole area of sponsorship and what does that mean specifically in terms of formatted sponsorship or whatever it may be?
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, so I got into it kind of by accident. Um, you know, Diana Rogers, of course, uh, we were in business together years and years ago and she started working for... Um, uh traffic and conversion for um digital marketer i don't know why i'm forgetting that name <laughs> for digital marketer and um she asked me to come and help out with sponsorship for traffic and com- conversion and the first couple of years that they were doing it uh, which i did and it just like i had no idea i had no intention to kind of create this business or, or really run with it um but because traffic and conversion was full of other speakers they asked me to if i could do the same for them and next thing before I knew it, I had a I had a business. <laughs> the rest um, Yes, yeah, so it worked it's out really real. well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, as a a person looking to get sponsors for their event, what are some of the keys to success in the sponsorship board to get people on board with your particular event?
2: So some of the keys to success, and I'm actually going to tie this back to your speakers in the end that are attending events and speaking at events um, with a tip for them. But some of the keys to success is you really want to um, just understand the whole kind of framework of the sponsorship. So if it's an event, you have an event host who's running the event um, and paying for the event. You have um, an attendee who's coming in to learn something or have some sort of transformation. And you can bring in the, the sponsors like a third leg to that three legged stool. Um, that they will be uh, the resources for the person in the room having that transformation, if that makes sense. So what I'm trying to say here is you really want to curate your sponsor floor so that it really makes sense that it's not just, you know, a company, just like your speakers, you don't want a speaker coming in, speaking about something that's totally off target for that event. That's not going to help the audience and the same with the sponsors. So you want to um, look at and it's easiest and a lot of in the world that we work in bread, it's um, a lot of people are are kind of teaching what they do. So like real estate investing or digital marketing or something like that. So that kind of makes it easier as well as as look at the resources that you needed to get to where you are and bring those resources in for your audience so that you can teach them all that you're going to teach them in the room. And then they go out and they have like literally a shopping mall of places where they go to get help that's going to help them grow quicker and succeed quicker. Does that kind of make sense to you? Well,
1: it makes perfect sense, but it raises a couple of questions in my mind and you probably Mm -hmm. had to deal with in the past. So have you had a speaker who says, well, if you're going to have all those exhibits out there, there that's a, another opportunity to suck money out of the crowd and, I, and instead of spending money on what I'm offering from the platform or whatever. So they object to those sponsorships. Have you ever run across that?
2: Um, I maybe but not not as much like that's real scarcity th- um mindset sure, in my opinion. Like if they're no, a speaker no, there, no. especially if they're selling their their product, the event owner is has them coming in um a because they can probably close but B, B and more importantly, because this is something that their their audience can use as well. For um, what it is that they're doing, so let's take the real estate um example again. If um somebody's teaching real estate, they may have like a property developer come in, or a property manager, or you know some other things to, that kind of tie into real estate, a title company, a, a you know a fund and grow something like that. Um, so it's you know there's there's enough of it out there. It's not like that. Uh, the person the person may come with a limited budget. Um, they may not be able to buy your product that time, but now they they know of you, they've seen you, they trust you. It's, you know, you got to play the long game. And this is not just like this right. one, you know, 90 minute talk that I'm doing that, you know, is make or break for my life. <laughs> so, <laughs> hopefully it isn't, it shouldn't be.
1: So are you a believer that if you have exhibitors, sponsors for the event, that there are specific vendor hours and then those exhibits are closed while there's a speaker on the platform or exhibits open all the time in your world
2: it depends on your event um so like we've been to events where like everything takes takes place in the hallway um where you know most of the people not most of the people but people are out in the hallway and they're doing deals and things like that and we've been to events where, like, there is nothing going on in the hallway when when people are speaking in the room. So it really depends on the event and the caliber of the event, and if people are there more for education or if they're there more to network with the other people in the room. And I think you have to cater your event to that, and then just let the speaker know what what it's going to be as well. Um, and you know, there's an onus on the speaker as well to make sure that you know they're not they're coming in to speak, but like, again, you're, you're saying people coming in and just leaving. Um, the, I, I feel like the onus is on them as well to kind of work the crowd before they speak, um, make sure that they're there in the room, you know, give the, give a reason why they should come in, you know, so you want to, it's just like everything else in marketing you want to give that little teaser. Um, so people get curious and they're going to be there for it. So I think they can live in each world. Um, like I said, I've seen events that do both. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it, it depends really on the, on the culture of the event.
1: So if somebody's putting on their first event, Sheila, and they're thinking about getting sponsors for that event, mm-hmm. what, what's the first step? What's the second step? What's the third step to going about
2: that? So the, the first step is I would le- really look at, um, again, you know, the event and who's going to be at it. Um, I, again, I, I really like the ones where you're teaching what you do. Um, so that's pretty easy. You can just look at all the vendors that you use and all the resources that you use and ask them to come in as sponsors. And that's actually kind of... Um, a low hanging uh, fruit as well. I, I call it follow your checkbook. Mm-hmm. So when people are starting out with sponsoring, I say, well, let's sit down and look at your bills for the last month and who are you paying in your business? Because um, those are going to be great people to come in and sponsor because your audience are going to need them. And also there's some reciprocity there because you've been with them for so long. um, They're probably going to come in and support you on it.
1: So what are some of the mistakes that you've seen people make in terms of sponsorship?
2: So the big mistake is, um, you know, getting a sponsor early, cashing that check and then completely forgetting about them. Um, there's a lot of fulfillment <laughs> that needs to be done <laughs> and it's easy to do. We're human. It's like, Oh, thanks. I needed that. And next thing you're off to the next thing and you're doing an event anyway. And there's like a million things that you're trying to do, um, but really make sure that you are looking after your sponsors. Um, Deanna always says loving on the sponsors. You want to make sure that they are just treated like royalty because they've literally just paid for your event. So it may not be happening the way it is if if you didn't have them. Um, so you want to make sure that they're well looked after um, I would assign someone on your staff to just, you know, check in on them three or four times a day, especially on load in and load out days, make sure they have everything they need, make sure they feel welcomed, Um, all of that good stuff. Um, yeah, it's very easy to, to kind of move on to the next thing and forget about all the other things behind you. So just be cognizant of that.
1: Any special perks you recommend or seem worked for great success for sponsors?
2: Um, well, the sponsors I work with, I think the most favorite thing is speaking. I <laughs> want to get on stage and speak, yeah. um, you know, and it, depending on the event, we can't have like a, a million people up there selling because it's then just kind of a sell town. Um, so other part, like they're look, they're essentially, they're looking for access to your people. So whatever you can do to create that access for them. So whether it's like, if you have an opening night reception, have them like, maybe speak a little bit of that, just like not a selling, just a, like introducing who they are. Right. I'm going to be in the hallway out of my booth, come see me, you know, this is what's going on, that type of thing, mm-hmm. but any way that you can, um get them involved with the event and get them in front of your audience is great. And then the other thing I advise as well is just don't focus on the event. What what other assets do you have? Do you have a podcast? Do you have a newsletter? Um, Do you have things that are going on during the year to maybe bring them back in again, especially if they're a really good fit sponsor? Um, right. You know, the, my goal is always to take a sponsor and move them to a strategic partner. So it's it's like more than just a sponsorship. It's like you're now working together and and helping each other out.
1: So I've seen events where they do the quote, parade of speakers and sponsors, like the first morning of the event to introduce mm-hmm. them to the crowd. Are you yep. a fan of that? Not a fan of that?
2: I am a fan of it. Um, I mean, it's a big gift for the sponsor. I mean, for the, it's a big get for the sponsor because they, at least, you know, right at the beginning, you know, as long as it's a very short kind of, Hey, you know, this is me, this is my company, this is where I'm at. Um, this is what we're offering this weekend or whatever it is. Right. Um, but I think it's kind of, um, it does really well. Like I've also seen events um, and this isn't for sponsors, but where they have a reception the night before and they pass the mic and everyone in the room introduces themselves like the attendees. Mm-hmm. And that's like such a great thing as well, because um, as an attendee of the event, you're kind of like, oh, I, I, that guy sounds interesting. I want to talk to him or I want to talk to her. Or, that like kind of aligns with what I'm trying to do right now. So it just makes for a better event overall because people know each other. Like they're not coming in that first day, like trying to find a seat and wondering who's who else is there because they don't know them. So I think it makes well, it well, lots,
1: good. Of, lots of great advice here, Sheila. So if somebody wants to get into your world, find out more about what you can offer to them in terms of helping them maybe find sponsors for their event. How do they go about getting in, into your world?
2: Um, yeah, they can reach me a couple of ways. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, everything's my name. Sheila Farah Herjamma, which is a long name. So hopefully show notes. Um they can also, I have a, a Facebook group um, that's all about sponsorship as well, or they can reach me at um, info at sponsors.com. so ConnectedSponsors.com. All right, super.
1: So I want to thank Sheila so much for being my guest this week on the Spotlight on Speaking show. As always, I'm going to encourage you, if you haven't, go to SpotlightOnSpeaking.com and register there with your favorite service to be notified of upcoming episodes of the show. And again, as always, I wish you the greatest of success in all that you do. And may 2023 be your greatest year yet. Take care, everybody.
0: We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.